0: hey what's up guys welcome back to the black sheep podcast it has actually been a minute Uh, my name is mike for those of you who don't know us and i'm mecca and it's been a minute as you can see this is not the normal setup normally we would have a nice big old background over here but we're under construction things are under construction here literally and metaphorically in our lives there is a lot going on what's been going on since the last time Mm. The Black sheep world saw us.
1: Well, in a personal note, well, I just won an award. I'll say, talk about that. I'm um, so yeah. I did just a win. big ass trophy, it's a heavy ass trophy, it, and it's
0: glass that's not plastic. No,
1: okay, yeah. Know. Um, but I won a humanitarian award. I was nominated back in 2019, awards are supposed to be in 2020. Everybody knows what happened in 2020, and uh, so came back around. Trump lost the election, okay, yeah, that, that uh-huh. too, and uh. Yeah, went and picked it up this past weekend, and uh, yeah, it was. No oh, that so was
0: an Okay, I was an, So, what do you do for humanity? What Why? <laughs> what
1: caused you to win this award? So, it, as I was told, it was for my work in the community. <laughs> like, and with the like, kids. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, here's the thing: when you get the call that you're being nominated for a humanitarian award, you're pretty much asking the same question. Like, hey, what I do? <laughs> what I do? <laughs> like, all right, like, cool. And so it's an honor to be nominated, much less, you know, you get the call that you win it. Yeah. And so um, my guy, you know, he we went to school together. He's a, a professor. And, yeah, he told me, like, hey, man, you won. You much deserved." And so I was honored to go and get it. I did not, again, when they gave it to me and I'm holding it, I was just like, oh, like, <sighs> hey, like, this thing That's is an award I'm, award. I see you look around, you're like, hey, do I got to do something for y'all? Like, I got to pay something for this? or Are yeah, we good? Man. And so now for I'm forever a humanitarian. So
0: okay well,
1: that's good so that's been one of the things what About you, know, you, man you know
0: I'm just kind of wrapped up in work what's up i was just raising uh, up being in kind of you know the career man and stuff it really causes me to be hyper invested into like current current events things going on currently there's a lot of shit going on <laughs> currently let's talk
1: about it because again your job for everyone who doesn't know mike's a journalist and deals. Thank you for saying that because the boys would give me shit if I would have
0: said it. And I thought about saying it here and just, you know, I'm a journalist, so I got to do... I got you. I chose my words wisely.
1: You shot the shot for me. So today, thank you. Today, I'm PG, I'm PG Mecca. I don't know if I know what that means. Anyway. Yeah, man, you do a lot of work in the current... You know, you're doing a lot of work in news and there has been a lot of news going on.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think recently... So the biggest things that have kind of been on my attention, number one, like the, like the cases for you know, the Kyle Rittenhouse case, that case up in Wisconsin, I believe it is little young boy who shot up and killed a couple protesters. There's the, the case down in Georgia for the three killers of Ahmaud Arbery. That has been, I've been watching that daily. And it's really weird because these are two like national, like spotlight cases and they're happening simultaneously. Like, you know, I, I'm watching one case and they, they go on recess or they take a break for the day. And I'm like, Oh, let me just flip over, almost like flip the channel to the other case. And Normally, these things happen like maybe once every couple of years for the country to see, but no, this shit's playing out like simultaneously. And then there's the whole another big one is what happened at Astro World down in Houston with Travis Scott and his fans. And my brother's a, a, I don't know if you know, but Tevin, Tevin is like, Tevin, every couple of years, like he'll find a, a new artist and he'll ride them hard. Like it, it was, Go ahead. Michael Jackson was a very big one. I mean, he's always loved Michael Jackson and Prince, but a while ago it was Migos and now it's been Travis Scott. So
1: let's take those piece by piece. Let's go to Kyle Rittenhouse because I think with these trials, you are right in the sense that these are coming out of a flat, like a flashpoint, you know, of 2020 with, I mean, I guess Ahmad Arbery kind of, it was started with Ahmad Arbery when we we're entering COVID and bad news coming out. Yep. You know, we had George Floyd and then we had a lot of stuff and then toward the end we had Kyle Rittenhouse you know during those protests and stuff yeah I think
0: Ahmaud Arbery was the beginning of 2020 I think it was like in February of 2020 which I didn't realize that
1: it was so early in the year earlier but then we didn't find out
0: until that's very true that's right yeah it took months so imagine imagine you as a black guy having the ability to chase someone down shoot and kill them Go home. S- s- go home. Stay out of jail. Not get charged for anything. Not for even worry about it. Not even worry. Right. it. you're just, just going to live your life. Like, yeah, shit, that was last Thursday. Um, for months go on, and the only reason you get in trouble is because people catch wind of that video and and all. And the world season just goes, hold up, how the hell are these guys still out like and which, not in trouble?
1: Which I don't know if we, anyone's ever really talked about the fact that the dude recorded it happening. How does that video get out? Is he bragging about it? Did he give it like what? Well, what because happened? you know, they they
0: after they killed him, they called the um making sure you weren't looking for us. They, you know, they called the police and stuff. Hey, we've hey, got a dead body, a dead N-word we just shot here, because they they a couple of the shooters did uh call him in the N-word, and I won't say that so we don't get demonetized. Um but someone's gotta come get the body and do an investigation and stuff like that. And so, you know, during that and so the fact that police like investigated it there at the the, the jump in the beginning, uh, I mean, it talks about the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, uh, GBI agents going and meeting with the guys and doing an investigation stuff. All during those months, I think it was like three, maybe four months before they got arrested
1: and charged. Like that whole time, they weren't can like trouble or anything like they're, they're just i'll say this much i'm from georgia and the gbi has found themselves in a lot of different stuff for a lot of different cases like yes oklahoma is up there with um
0: and in the incompetency and almost like the racism at a lot of different levels in the state georgia is not very far behind the more and more stuff i read about in the news and and hear what's going on it's like oh georgia, georgia and oklahoma we're kind of
1: I'm kind of two birds of a feather. So real quick, you tell me what's the latest in the Ahmad Arbery trial? Well, we're not going to call it the Ahmad Arbery trial. Uh, oh, excuse first me. First and foremost, No, you're fine. And a lot of people do. It's thank you for that.
0: So the 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 two guys, the father and son of the McMichaels, and then the guy with the dumb and dumber haircut who recorded the video. Uh, his last name is Brian. So I think it's, it's kind of like the McMichael slash Brian trial, or yeah, Brian, or I even sometimes will just say like the you know the killers of Ahmad Arbery yeah. trial. And that just goes to a bigger, and you know, and it's not you. The media as a whole. Well, if it's a black guy that gets killed, it's the George Floyd trial or the Ahmaud Arbery trial. But if yet if it was the black guy who did the killing, it's still a George Floyd Floyd trial. So it's like, no, we're not gonna like paint this by like the black body. Like, no, this is the the McMichael and the Bryan trial. Those are the 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 mfers who, that who
1: came it it just came out so like fluidly so i, I appreciate think, you yeah, me on yeah not for sure i mean that, and that's you know
0: it's it's a conscious yeah reconditioning that yeah. i have to do we have to do as a society but yeah those three are all on trial together which is a really weird thing i've never seen before in my life where three guys are charged with murder uh you know one person and They all decided to do a joint trial, so like couldn't be me. (laughs) So so imagine me and you on like on trial together with
1: someone else, and we would just be a fool. We were just sitting there laughing. (laughs) Oh, can you imagine you saying some incriminating stuff? Like, hey, uh, uh, that's him. Like, yeah, 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 that wasn't me. I didn't do that, judge. That was that motherfucker. Like, y'all up here together, so what he (laughs) says is what you say. All right,
0: what? so, yeah, all three of them are in trial right now. I mean, literally, they're they're sitting at the big, long desk. They're attorneys and stuff like that. I am pretty positive that they're going to be found guilty. I mean, there's no way looking at the videos and stuff like that and, and just realizing, hearing the facts of the case, what happened, that they shouldn't be found guilty. Um, pretty sure they will. I think that case will wrap up next week. The Rittenhouse case, by the time of us recording this, both sides just rested their case and they're going to give their closing arguments at the beginning of, you know, in a couple days from now. And um, that case is a little bit more interesting um, to me. They're, they're racism kind of has shown its face in both cases with uh, the McMichaels and Brian. Um, I actually wrote an article uh, the other day about it where one of their defense lawyers came out talking about how we don't want any more black pastors in the courtroom with the family kind of, kind of. Consoling the family because I mean, these are public cases. They're at like the muni- municipal courthouses, like in their city. Like if there was something like this, a national thing happening, it would be at the, the Tulsa courthouse where, and the public is allowed to go to those cases. You know, of course you got to abide by the rules, of the court and all that kind of stuff. But um, at this one down in Georgia, I mean, the public are they're allowed to be there. So the family is in the courtroom, the family of Amad Arbery is in the courtroom. Watching the case, and you know, you've got people, the pastor, like I believe it was community
1: members and people that want to just come and support the family. Exactly.
0: Um, so I think earlier in the week, Jesse Jackson might have been there and and then the one of the defense lawyers brought up the fact that it was Al Sharpton, but of course everyone's masked because we're in a pandemic. Al Sharpton was there with the um the mother and the defense lawyer, he tried to bring a motion to the judge saying, Hey, like, you know, are the you know i understand if if they're and i, I kind of want to direct quote i'm going to paraphrase it a little bit um he said i understand like if jesse jackson is the pastor that's fine but you know they can only have so many pastors we don't want any more black pastors in the courtroom coming in here trying to influence the jury um and when i heard that i was like okay i gotta write this real quick and um so when you hear it you're just like wait what because no one in the court, no one in the public, you, you don't talk when you're, I mean, there are very strict rules when you're in a public, in a court uh, courtroom, they're all masked. Nobody, both lawyers went and we didn't even realize, uh, even the, the guy who was bringing the motion, defense attorney was like, and we didn't know until after the fact. And so the judge was like, yeah, the fact that none of us knew that jesse jackson or al sharpton was there with the family that lets you know that they're abiding by the courtroom rules and it's fine and i'm not going to uh you know say that they can't have like members of the public can't be here
1: but it just don't make sense to say black pastors and that, and that's the that, whole other that, issue I mean, that, that's a
0: pretty racist that, that ass it's, statement yeah, to like saying. right
1: there it's like wait what yeah so
0: so i love the fact that you know there are different pastors all across the country like you know what we're gonna have a hundred black pastors show up next week um to be there for the family and stuff Did they we, meet
1: the black pastor quota like is there <laughs> is there a thing that says you have to have right. a certain amount
0: and so john gray's was like he, john gray i remember him he posted saying something like yo maybe i need to drive down there and i was like okay i'm you know i might hit up mike todd and be like hey mike are you, what you Let's know go. are you gonna be there and so you kind of see the the and again that's a defense attorney like a lawyer in the he felt it comfortable enough to bring that up in a case um, to the judge. So that's what's kind of happening there. And then in the Rittenhouse case, man, this judge is, the way that the judge is acting in the Rittenhouse case, you would think that Rittenhouse, the little 17, I think he's 18 or maybe 19 now, you would think that boy is his his damn grandchild. The way that he is acting in the case and um, arguing with the prosecution, like the, with the state trying to convict Rittenhouse, um, it is... Cringe as hell for a lack of better words. I am not as optimistic for that one.
1: So one of the one of the things I definitely saw was Kyle Rittenhouse's like emotional
0: outburst. Oh my the god! Court. Everybody say hey, say he broke down crying. Yes. Did you see a tear?
1: I didn't. I did not. No,
0: and it was the ugliest cry I've ever seen in my life. i me be honest. Like people, so,
1: what were your thoughts when you saw that happen?
0: That number one, this is a really ugly cry because you know he's like hyperventilating, trying mm-hmm. to breathe and stuff, and doing the full body. But again, I, I, number one, I didn't see any tears. Number two, it almost feels like the wrong place to have those emotions, because if you remember, Kyle Rittenhouse wasn't arrested um, after he shot and killed someone, literally walked towards the police with his gun that he just shot and killed someone with, wasn't arrested like or anything like that on the spot. Sure. was um. um and, you know, in the months afterwards, we see him at different bars taking yeah. pictures with I proud remember boy that. members, yeah, I remember that. a shirt that says free as F. Um, and some people are saying taunting, even doing
1: taunting the justice system.
0: Right. Doing the white power uh, hand signal. I hope you didn't get a picture of me doing the white power. Uh, <laughs> We've got <and laughs> incriminating photo, yeah. photos. <laughs> right. Um but it's like, okay, so you, you kind of see how they're acting out in the real world. And it's like, wait, it doesn't seem as remorseful. But now that we're here at the case and stuff, I mean, and I get it. There probably is some level of trauma and PTSD for a 17-year-old. Even if you're an idiot and you made a mistake, like re-watching all the videos and stuff like in a courtroom and knowing that. I mean, I just read like one of the charges that he's being charged for carries a minimum sentence of life
1: in prison. I mean, and that's – I mean – being on stand and having all of that right. flooding you. I so mean, knowing absolutely, you're facing that. Yeah. You're going to you, – if you don't have some kind of emotion
0: toward exactly. that, you're,
1: you're – yeah, there's something but wrong. But that
0: right. emotion also should have been present in the past, not you almost capitalizing. I mean, I think, I think you made – there was a GoFundMe. It was either over 100000 or over 500000 one of the two. Either um, It was over 100000
1: so you know that.
0: Uh, right. So it, it was at least it was at least six figures that he got you know support from people around the country, mean politicians, all this kind of stuff, and there was never any remorse. I mean, granted, he probably couldn't have said anything that much back then just because of the ongoing investigation, but I don't think the public really saw that remorse from
1: before. So, I think I'm definitely interested in the conversation that we have when everything is said and done. Like to see what where the chips fall again. It, it'll be very interesting to see. What direction we are going, uh, especially coming out of where we were last year and just having all these flashpoints. These are going to be new flashpoints, depending on like, how these convictions go. Yeah,
0: not for sure. I mean, I, I think either way, I mean, even like with the, remember the Derek Chauvin trial, we, everyone knew that it was going to be a marked moment in history, regardless of if he was found innocent or found guilty. It's just, there would have been very, two very different reactions to that marked moment. But can I ask you a question? Yeah.
1: Just regarding Kyle Rittenhouse, again, I can't. He took two lives. 17. What would you like to see? Oh,
0: well, I will say, and watching the case and keeping up with it, I honestly think he's probably going to be found innocent of the more serious crimes. The, I don't really, the, the prosecution, I feel like, did a pretty crappy job. Um, and. Presenting the case, the the witnesses that they brought to the uh, stand did not help the prosecution's case at all. And it's like the prosecution's star witness, but yet <laughs> it was almost a star witness for the defense. The way that the prosecution, I, I probably I like the the way the judge treated the prosecution in the case. It man, I wanted to jump through and punch that judge in the face the entire case. So I think he'll, he'll probably get off. What do I would I like to see? I'd probably I'd like to see him be held responsible for being a minor, having his mother drive him to a different state with- Another conversation
1: that hasn't been happening, yeah.
0: With an AR-15. In no world should a a minor like think that that's okay or an adult think that's okay to, like what what loving parent is gonna drive your child into a- Like with loaded, like a loaded- Into a scene like that. Like, you know, the the city was, I mean, there were protests and, and it wasn't a pretty scene, if you love your child, a ton, are you gonna go? Hey, hey son, I'm gonna go drop you off. You know, I'll pick you up tomorrow. Like, you'll be okay. So I, just, I want him to be held responsible. Do I think like he should get the book thrown at him, like life in prison or something like that? I mean, probably not. I don't believe in that type of justice system. I don't think that's restorative. I think it's it's punitive. Which again, it's a whole other nice conversation. Conversation,
1: yeah. But um, absolutely held responsible. So, so I agree. I I do want him to. I wanted to be held responsible, and I want there's. It's weird because. Again, we can't ignore the racial aspect to this whole thing because if he were black, it'd be a whole different conversation. In fact, I'm sure that if he were black, all the different videos that I've seen of this kid would have already surfaced. Like the, him punching on you know that woman. Like I, there's, there's stuff in this past that hasn't really just been Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot like, those videos came out of him punching that little girl. It was a woman. It was a, it was a woman. He punched uh, a woman?
0: Yeah. I thought he punched a girl his age, like a classmate or something like that.
1: Looked like a woman to me in the video, but either way,
0: and that was that was before you know the the the, uh, the Kenosha shooting, yeah, stuff. But yeah, that was because he was in high school again.
1: He was seventeen. I work with high schoolers, and I work with kids that have done worse, like not worse, but I mean have done stuff along the same lines. And again, I believe in restorative justice. I want people to be rehab. I also want people to be held responsible, so they know, like. So they don't take things and be like, oh, I can do whatever I want. And I feel like our justice system has kind of told young white men that they can do it, like they can commit crimes and it's okay. And you'll still be out for a few months. And, you know, if there's enough
0: outrage, then we'll come back, we'll circle back around. I mean, in both these cases, they weren't, you know, those these guys weren't in jail that night like the the rest of us, like, you know, any other black. Like, do you can you imagine? A black kid shooting and killing two people, blowing off someone's, a third person's arm, walking towards a line of SWAT, of SWAT. I don't know why I almost pronounced it the way I did. Walking towards a line of SWAT police officers and them just going, hey, we need you to move to the side, dog. Meanwhile, you're walking towards them. You got your, your gun on your chest. It's probably smoking because it just went off. And it's like, wait, in no world, I mean, you try to get a black guy walking down the street. Exercising his we, constitutional we, right, we've and seen those videos. We've he's seen, gonna get. He's gonna get stopped by police. We've,
1: we've seen. We've seen those. Um, we've seen those things. And happen. so,
0: yes, I mean, there is two very different um, Americas when it comes to black and white and dealing with like, and law enforcement system. and yeah. our justice system yeah. and all kind of stuff. You mentioned rehab, and I, I brought up this article. I just or, or this. Um, this is gonna be a hard ass pivot, and I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but I just saw this. Oh, yeah, play that's when you do a little. <laughs> you're not doing it i need you to... he's talking to our producer yeah, hard pivot square pivot noise um i just read this thing it says paralyzed mice walk again after gel is injected into their spinal cord that was a very hard pivot yes but when you said rehab it made me think of this it says a self-assembling gel that stimulates nerve regeneration has shown promise as a treatment for paralysis in mice it's probably in some other country it was a thing Joe Rogan shared. So take that with what you will. But it made me think, would you ever, would you ever consider being like one of the first like human trials for something like that to help with paralysis or even like an Elon Musk Musk type, like put the chip in your brain and you kind of be one of the first people to to try something out? Would you
1: ever would you ever Good question? Specifically for like the spinal cord stuff, not the Elon Musk thing. It's, you know, I've thought about it because mm-hmm. even after, my, it was crazy. After my injury, you're like, just, you know, in that aftermath, it's like, yo, like, how do I get back on my feet? And so you're just like looking at everything. Mm-hmm. And I know that in the beginning, I was very much consumed with like trying to figure out what I was going to do to just get back to walking. Yeah. Overly consumed. Overly consumed to the point where I couldn't do, like, it was like I was paralyzed because… I was trying to not be paralyzed, like, and so it, then it, you know, you come to a, a cross point where you're like, okay, what, you know, at what point do I begin to live versus like waiting to live? And so I, I really was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I can live when I get back on my feet. And then it was like, hey, that's not, that's not living. Like I can't just keep waiting. And so I decided, you know what, I ain't, I'm not necessarily looking, but if something comes to me, you know, I'm, I'm all in for it. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know, okay, human trials or being the first, it depends on- Mind you,
0: you just took a vaccine. So? Some people will say that that was
1: human trials. And you know what? (laughs) I'm not going to insult nobody. And so I would say, depends on what. Um, You trying to put a chip in my head? Not so much. Eh, I don't know. You know, I've got friends that are actually doing stuff like this right now. Mm -hmm. They're doing, like, they are doing, like, testing in Kentucky- and they've got stimulators that are implanted in their back and they are like doing this thing for six, seven months and stuff. I would like to say that I would, if I were with them, I would be doing it, but I don't know. Like, I, like, I don't know. I think, I do don't you, think, I don't know.
0: Do you feel like that would, like, let's say you, let's, let's say you do the regenerative, 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 regenerative. Let's say you do the gel and it works. Do you feel like that would kind of, pull away a little bit from the mystique of a mekanaka or the persona
1: what? um bro w-
0: no that would what oh that take me to a whole new level if you are walking again <laughs> my guy i thought i feel like we've had this conversation before
1: where in the past where um you've said like i you know are we talking about if i did the jail back then or are you talking about right now because if i stand up out this chair right now bro i'm Hey y'all can't tell me nothing, <laughs> nothing. Look, I, ch- I changed I change my whole brand from sitting to walking back up again. Oh, I find some clever. Okay, oh. all right,
0: Let me, yeah, because I remember back in the before. Um, it's all up, right. Well, okay. <laughs> um,
1: uh, I'm back. I'm okay. back, baby.
0: All right. all right, well, that's good to know. I'll be on the lookout. You know, we I did just finish watching the show Friday Night Lights again. Um, I know one of the episodes, they drive down to Mexico and uh they try to get street some surgery, some ten thousand dollar surgery to to walk in. So
1: if I hear anything like that. I actually have a friend that you know did that they did stem cell stuff and mm-hmm. I mean again I stopped being so consumed with all the different treatments, and I was just more so like, all right, I'm gonna stay ready so I don't have to get ready for when something came out that I fit, you know, yeah. like that. It was like, okay, we're looking for people that are this, this, this many years Nigerian, out from the you know, like 6'6". Yeah, specifically. Right. Um, I,
0: I think that will happen at some point in our lifetime. I think there will, you know, technology is an amazing freaking thing. Science is an amazing thing. And I, I feel like at some point during our lifetime, there, there are going to be, I mean, paralysis. I don't know if I would say the word would be cured, but there will no, be like the, the a regenerative re- type, like... I think there's going to be some things that can that can reverse paralysis and all that kind of stuff.
1: Christopher Reeve Foundation is working very hard to cure paralysis. Uh, speaking of, I'll just say like you know the New York City Marathon um, just happened, and Christopher Reeve Foundation always has people running in it. My first, I won't say my first time in New York, but I went a couple of years ago to watch some friends uh, run the marathon and some friends that were you know paralyzed do the marathon. So I think it's it's going to be in my future to do the New York City Marathon.
0: Guess who Praise will not be? I I would. I love you, but I. You ain't gonna push me. You ain't gonna ask me to. Play. Come on, just. Bro, the, I, I would die. How many, how many miles can I get out of you? I, two. You, you can get a two k out of me, two, which just is like one point two miles or something like that. <laughs> I got wheels, man. Just uh, look.
1: Take take the downhill. My ass, right? I'm gonna be pushing you. I'm gonna be hopping on the back like uh <laughs> one of them. Was it Freaky Mighty? Was that the book when we were growing up? I don't know why I thought about ET, but that's definitely not ET. That's the bike thing, but it's definitely not a good yeah, I, think I know what you're book. thinking about. I know what you're thinking about.
0: There, there's like a big dude and a little guy hopped on. You know
1: what's crazy? Pivoting pivoting. I Where are don't know why. Going?
0: Huh? Where are you going? I was gonna talk about the OKC thing. Um oh, so, so I was right. I was in the and it kind of just comes to like um self like or inner reflection and things like that. I was at the um OKC Thunder arena a couple nights ago. Yeah, that's a weird hard flex. flex. That's yeah, a hard yeah, flex. And know, I, get it. I flex. get it, for sure. Sitting on the floor and stuff, courtside. Walking on out onto the floor. Oh,
1: walking! Of course.
0: Okay. Of course there. Of course there wasn't a game going on, but I remember going out to center court. The jumbotron from up above is kind of down because we're doing a presentation there on center court, so we're kind of using the screen from the jumbotron. But I remember like going out to the middle of center court and just looking around and literally and, and just looking at all of the seats. I mean, I don't know how the capacity of the the Thunder Arena, but it's thousands of seats and just realizing almost how daunting that is. it was daunting with them being completely empty. And I was trying to imagine what it must feel like or seem like with every single seat filled with screaming fans, either screaming for you and against you or against you. The emotions that must come in the moment. I was just, and I remember sitting there thinking, I like, yo, this is unreal. I, you know, I don't know if you know, we grew up playing sports our whole lives. I'm sure we we've both been in in front of well, ruckus yeah. crowds and, yeah, and, 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 and packed places and things like that. It's wild. That like a professional arenas, it, it's a level that I was like, I don't even know if I could handle this. And you know, I I love sports, sports in my life, but like I was thinking, like, you know, 99 percent of people probably could not, actually, I, I know, could not be in that atmosphere where. You're surrounded, you know, almost like your life is you're in the middle of a fishbowl. You're the fish. And just that outside pressure from everyone. The energy is insane. Unreal, man. I mean, I felt the energy and it was empty. And I was, it just got me thinking about like, you know, just having like that audience around you and stuff and what it must be like and why people either crack under pressure. A lot of people can't even handle the pressure.
1: So that's what something I was going to say. Now think about the person that's sitting at home judging athletes like for a missed layup or a missed free throws like boo like you suck right like, uh, you know all those things are you know
0: or even when athletes like let's say like athletes mess up like off the court or people who have this again you're in a fishbowl you're the person in the arena and you have all of this outside voices and noise and opinions and things like that and like let's say someone an athlete or a famous person messes up because they're human um just the, the, the outside voices and trolls and things like that. And, and I'm sure there have been times in my life where I've my younger me didn't understand as much now kind of the pressure that they have and stuff. But, yeah, the, the trolls for those people, it's like, yo, y'all, like, in one of my group conversations, forget who we were talking about, but there was someone rich, like a Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is an NFL player who, awful, awful thing, driving uh, while drunk. Going 150 miles per hour in his Corvette, and I think it was Vegas, um, and crashed into the back of a car going like 120 miles per hour. Killed the other young girl in the uh, vehicle that he hit. She I think she was like 23 or something. And you know, now he's in in prison. Probably going to get a pretty big. Uh, they're probably going to hit him with yeah, quite yeah, a few years sure. in prison. For sure. Um, but it, so in this moment, I was having this conversation with my boys. I'm like, I. Of course, awful thing, I'm not giving Henry a pass for driving drunk or driving that fast. Um, but I think it's easier for me as I get older and as we kind of realize what kind of goes into the, the life of the people in the spotlight and things like that, it's, it's easier for me to have grace now for those people, or at least more grace for them. Um, because just understanding, you're, let's say you're rich as hell, right? You're rich. You don't have any of the same concerns or worries that most people like that 95% of people do who are like living check to check, you know, I've got to worry about my bills getting paid, going to work, um, working at a job I don't like, you know, that is consuming most people's life here. I mean, in America, especially with like, the cost of things going up and all that. If I'm rich as hell, you know, I'm going to to bars on a Tuesday night, staying out till 2am, you know, trying to decide which person I want to uh, go home with, what car I want, things like that. Like the worlds, there's two Absolutely completely different worlds. Different worlds. Yeah. And so what the average, uh, you know, a person doesn't understand is like, I would, and my, me and Jake were kind of talking about this. I would kind of, I try to never say never about myself. Like, oh, I could never do what Henry Ruggs did. But it's like, man, if I'm rich as hell and I don't have a worry in the world about my the, cons- the current concerns that I have, If I'm not worrying about bills and stuff and my only concern is about, man, just what do I want to do for fun today? A lot of us will probably find ourselves in some pretty stupid situations where we're doing things that
1: we. So you're saying that you have grace because you can try to see it from his perspective. Because
0: I just I just think that more than not, a lot of people when you if you find yourself super rich
1: and and. um... Also, just remember that the majority of people that are listening to this are not super rich. Right. So, so I f- think, do you not super rich people? I know that it's hard to like. I'm not super rich. Yeah. I'm not even rich. But I'm just saying, if we
0: uh, like, let's say our you know our wildest dreams come true, where we win the lottery and stuff, and we no longer have any cares or concerns about the things that we did before, it's like we're gonna make some stupid decisions. Some of y'all probably gonna do some hard drugs for the first time because you you know. Oh, okay, let let <laughs> let, 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 let's, I'm, let, let. I'm let, let, just saying, people will make like when when you when, when you, given the opportunity. Oh, people, for sure. People are going to make some stupid decisions They'll that we, make we don't make
1: That aren't super rich.
0: Right, exactly. So imagine then then having all the money in the world at your disposal and all the time in the world at your disposal because you no longer have to go work that nine to five at, you know, Sam's Club. It's like...
1: So everything Mike just said is exactly why they're going to throw the book at him. Um, back to... The, at Henry uh, Ruggs. Yes. Yeah, so okay. <laughs> he, look, we didn't go get to be his uh, or his jury. Like... Not super rich people Oh, right. work. All these oh. broadcast
0: people are gonna be sitting there just going, uh. huh yeah.
1: So you ain't got shit to do. Just play football. All right. And you chose to go out and do all right, bet. Um, but I do want to go back to the Man in the Arena quote. Um, uh, the man in the arena, because that did get me thinking about the arena. And there's the, the famous quote that Theodore Roosevelt has that mm-hmm. um, I would like to take a second to read because I do think that this is pertinent to a lot of us. But um, it starts with, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out the strong man, how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred with, by dust, sweat, and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, who spends, who spends himself in worthy cause, who... <laughs> Hey, stop, man. Stop, I'm reading. Uh, man, I hate you. Take Holy shit. I, I held us together the for so long. Knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. So, <laughs> so oh. that his place shall Never be, look, man, look, stop wait, it. Wait. Bro, That's a long quote. I was really, no, 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 it's a like, no, no. very long quote. I'm That's really a shocked. That's a reading
0: from yes, a passage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really shocked that you offered
1: up to do that uh, on on camera for the people. Look, halfway through, I was like, am I in, am I in fifth grade right now reading it? <laughs> You know what it reminded me of? Is remember back in the day when you had to do popcorn reading <laughs> In school, but in elementary what? school, if,
0: <laughs> yeah, the teacher would say, "Okay, you no, know no. this
1: person, you can go read it." No. You read the first paragraph. I'm about to use this right now. It ain't the critic who counts. Do you hear these guys? Did they did they offer up to read? No, I'm the guy in the <laughs> arena reading, <laughs> airing over and over again. When we were in elementary the in the school, arena, guys, if I had to read
0: the first paragraph, you know. Oh, the next person I'm picking on. Oh, I'm picking on someone who's gonna stutter, who can't, who can't can read.
1: read
0: I, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm picking on. Oh, that man, that man got to stutter. Oh yeah, he's going next. I just want the audience
1: to know that I do have a master's degree and I can read. And I did not go to college at all. Uh, I went for one year and failed, flunked out. But he, but, for what he does for a living, is right.
0: But I would pick on the next dude, and I would just go. I'm done reading Mecca, <laughs> and it's just like Damn oh. It. That's what that just reminded me of. I'm proud of you for reading that. That is one of my favorite quotes.
1: <coughs> yes, Excuse let's me. get back to the quote because I do believe that when you we're looking at athletes that are there doing the deed, doing the job.
0: Or even, and or and anybody, not just always, athletes, right. Yeah, yeah always, anyone
1: yeah. in their arena who are
0: willing to put themselves out there for public opinion and criticism yeah. on things. I mean, I'm finding that personally. I'm finding that in my own life more and more. The more I kind of put my... Like, do my investigative journalism don't, No, so, go for yeah, it. you're about to say some shit right now the i feel it, like uh,
1: no no you're good go for it
0: the more i you know put my opinions out there on the web um, or things i'm covering or bring attention to certain things even if i'm reporting on something that like there's not i don't interject any opinion at all in an article or whatever there are still trolls who try and find a way to be like Oh you're just blah 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 this and that for covering this or that's not how it happened this and I'm just like yo I'm not this isn't my opinion I'm covering a piece when this is literally what took place and what happened
1: I'm reporting news right and they're like it's fake news actually so that what I was going to say is that so Mike let me read some of his hate mail and, oh yeah oh it's ha- so we didn't funny. talk about my hate mail on here we did not talk about your hate mail oh yeah it's so yeah my funny.
0: the hate mail I get for I mean, almost every article I put out there and like hate emails, um, actually comments on the, the actual thing that have to be removed because they're just so,
1: so vile. No, but I'm going to say this. There was a lady that that wrote out to Mike, shout out to whoever this lady is, but yeah. she wrote the yeah, mic. I know like, you're watching. I know like, you're a fan. She wrote an extensive. ECR. Like, what's the ECR? I remember
0: uh, back in school, you had to write, well, BCR was a brief constructed response. ECRs were like extended constructive response. They were like three plus paragraphs about no, a subject. I didn't pay enough attention English to school cast. for that. Okay.
1: Um, but but yeah, you have master's. Yes. Like I did what I had to do, but mm-hmm. that ECR was not one of them. Um, but this lady wrote an extensive, like critical review of Mike. That's an ECR. Um, and Mike responded back to her in a very polite way. And then it's crazy because it was so, so much vitriol that came out in the first email and then your response back kind of lessened it, but she was still pissed. Yeah. And then I they're th- having that conversation. And I'm like, so we're going to meet this friend. lady for drinks or, or something we're gonna like be that friends?" because. I think of my first email, I mean, she said, called me
0: a bunch oh, of she names. she called you a bunch of names. Um, all this and that. And I think I, one of the things that I just simply asked her, was like, what do you do for fun? <laughs> like, yeah. what brings you joy in life? Because for you to, and it wasn't, her email to me wasn't a reply email. She went and found my email on our website created a, a new email like a uh composed a new email had to go copy and paste my email address in there write out a subject line all that kind of stuff and so like she she put effort into this and i'm just like man if that if that is what you're doing with your free time and stuff like what and just
1: so y'all you know what she does for fun she
0: does equestrian stuff because she did respond back and she uh, yeah she said horse type stuff yeah. and i nice, and I said, "Oh wow, I, I, that could never be me. I'm afraid of horses." And, and then that started
1: this own conversation. Uh, yeah, so. but
0: I'm just like, man. It, it, and it, but again, I mean, we've all had our. I mean, I still to this day kind of have my troll moments. I bring out my troll moments. I think in things that are. more me every day. Important and pertinent. Now, um, when I
1: post a picture on Instagram, mm-hmm. I can expect that there's going to be a troll, troll message, troll comment from more. Right. So I
0: enjoyed trolling our governor. Um, yeah, he,
1: he does that in a, a very good way.
0: Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's more so like politicians who are acting reckless. Jackson Lamire.
1: Oh, can we? <laughs> we can move. Uh, we, we can say that for another conversation. If that
0: man. Yeah. As we heat up towards the midterms and things like that and Senate races, because I'm going to do an expose on that man and just the Christian church and, and how it is in bed with, poli- you know, Christian yeah. nationalism and what that, that's oh, going to that be an term. entire episode. That term. Yeah. is Christian that, nationalism.
1: That, so y'all two stay tuned that for that because
0: that's going to come don't go at some hand point. In hand. Um, but yeah, man. It's, so, yes, with the whole main arena thing, like I'm just learning uh, learning it more and more in mean, my life personally and just how I think when you realize that um, it, it just, uh, you know, I think it, it gives you kind of – I'm able to give grace more to other people. At least I try to. I mean, I'm not always perfect. I don't always get it right. Um, but I'm, it helps me understand other people. Um, I mean, that spotlight is a, a bitch. You know, if you're in that public eye and stuff and <clears throat> people are analyzing your every move and your every word, um, and looking to watch, like waiting for you to fail and hoping on your downfall and things like that, like not many people are going to like all of that pressure. Not many people are going to be able to withstand that pressure for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're humans. We all mess up and things like that. Um, and it's, it's, you know, when we were younger, I think we all wanted to be famous, rich and famous and things oh, like that. Yeah, and the older we, I get yeah, now, no, no. I'm just it's, like, you know, I want to be, I want to live comfortably and I want to have an impact and leave a legacy and things like that. I don't know if I, I, I don't really want the, the world-renowned fame anymore. Like, I don't know if I want to be Anderson Cooper.
1: I'll just be uh, honest too. Like for, for me, even after, like, the Ellen show coming back and having more eyes, that there's, like, a responsibility that comes with that that you, people don't think about. Like, fame is not... And I'm talking about, like, low-level low level fame. fame yeah. like, it, it's, like, it's pressure. Like, there is a lot of pressure that we don't think about when we're young because we just see the lights and the action, you know, lights yeah. and cameras and stuff like that. Yeah, so, I man, you got to watch how you carry yourself around
0: here in Tulsa. Like, you know, you go to the bars and things like that. You better... You know, you're amazing at Mecca, so you got to... Uh,
1: you see a kid, Mr. Mecca, Mecca. If I just zoom past them, oh, here comes All the right. expose, a hit piece, uh, amazing, a Mecca, yeah. amazing asshole. F
0: them kids, the
1: <laughs> Hey, but let's wrap up because I got stuff I got to do. Oh, wow. So uh, let me ask you, uh, oh, wow. as we wrap up, what hill are you willing to die because on? Because you
0: know what, we did not do that in episode two. Um, I actually know what hill you're willing to die on. In fact, can I
1: can I take this one away? I mean, you can try. I'm, uh, I'm going to say my own hill, but yeah. Okay, well, I was going to say the hill that we are willing to die on, you know, as a unit, is, you know, fighting against the. What was that? Julius Jones. That's penalty. Yeah. Yes. I mean, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So right now, <clears throat> we're at a we're at a spot where the governors and what uh, mostly what I troll him for right now is, and I mean troll, but kind of just joining the um the chorus of the supporters and the family and friends of Julius Jones who has been on death row for the past twenty two years who. Has been twice recommended by the pardon and parole board that Governor Kevin Stitt has pretty much appointed and put in place. The majority of the people on the pardon and parole board um, are appointees from Kevin Stitt. um, And they have twice recommended uh, commutation and clemency for Julius Jones, which essentially means that um, they're the recommended him um, get off. Death row, and either change his sentence to life in prison with the possibility of parole, or recommending clemency altogether. Which saying like time served, um, you know, leave prison. Essentially saying like your, your trial and the trial that happened 22 years ago, there were either some discrepancies or it wasn't a fair trial. We're reviewing all of this stuff now in 2021 and realizing that we kind of made a mistake as a state. Um, Julius Jones is the first person in Oklahoma. To receive that recommendation from the pardon and parole board, and he's black, um, which is uh, historic because most black men on death row do not um, you know, end up end up dying on death row in our in our country, and um, you know, and it always you know, according to I believe the the Equal Justice Initiative, that at least four percent of people on death row are completely innocent. And one out of every 10 death row um, inmates are later exonerated for their, which essentially means that either evidence has come out that they were innocent after the fact, uh, either after they're killed, unfortunately, um, that they were either innocent or there was a mistrial or something happened. So like 10% of every death row inmates are Later exonerated, which is. I want is, to talk more about that in the later episode. But, absolutely. Yeah, sure. But yes, that is the hill 100% willing to die on that. Death row number one should be out, abolished, I believe, in all of America. It's 2021. We need to move away from a punitive justice system and more to a restorative. But crime pays here in America in the sense of uh, criminal punishment pays as well, I should say. But um, abolish the death penalty, but much starting much quicker and much sooner. Um, you know, Governor Stipp uh, following his partner and parole board's recommendation.
1: If you're in Oklahoma listening to this, um, please text the governor, send a message. Um, yeah, uh, we support and We Julie are going to try to, I mean, Julie Jones is
0: set to be executed within, within seven days. So I will tr- we'll try and pump out this episode quickly before then to you know, help do a weekend. But yeah, that's been consuming me for the past months. Um. So yeah, I mean, that's where that's where I'm at. That's the hill we're gonna die on, and I will fight against the death penalty to anyone. So yeah, but good talk. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for um, man, following along with us. Be sure to you know share this episode with all your friends, family. Like it and hit us up. I mean, we've got an email address. I believe it's Black Sheep Pod or something like you know email if you ever any questions or. Topics maybe that you want us to cover or questions for any of us. Questions, if you want to be on the show, any of that, hit us up. But we appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you and next we'll time. We'll to y'all later. Later.